The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, choreographer Michael Keegan Dolan's uh, new show is called How to Be a Dancer in 72,000 Lessons. It starts in the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary tomorrow evening and runs until Sunday and thereafter it uh, takes wings. And uh, Michael himself is with me now. Michael, good morning and welcome. Thank you very much, Pat. Tell me what the show is all about. I mean, where did you get the title from? Um... The title came, it's it's from, actually it's from a yoga practice where um, there are 72,000 channels, energetic channels in the body. They're called the nadis in the in, in yoga practice. Yeah. And I, I like the number, it's a, it's a nice number. And I figured, yeah, becoming a, a really, really a proficient dancer is, is a complicated and long process. So I thought, yeah, 72,000 steps sounds about... Right. Yeah. It's this whole idea, you know, if you want to be a tennis player that you have to put in so many hours, at least 10,000 hours, and then you may become a proficient tennis player. So it's the, the same kind of theory, I suppose. It is, it is. And it ma- makes me think of Fred Astaire and, 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 like, and people like Gene Kelly and how they would repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until it was just right. Yeah. You know? it, it often struck me when I'm looking at top sports people, uh, say if I was to attempt to play tennis, Mm. Uh, and I want to serve. It's gratifying to me to get uh, the the serve into the service box. (laughs) People who are good at tennis decide where exactly in the service box they're going to deposit the ball. And the same with golf. I'm just happy to get it off the tee. Um, whereas uh, Rory McIlroy will say, well, I wanted to go to the right-hand side of the fairway and I wanted to be 275 yards down. And he does it. That's it, yeah. So yeah. it becomes second nature. And that's, I'm sure, what it's like with dance. Y- y- yes. Um, yes. And the, uh, the, yeah, I think I guess the, the thing about dancing as well in the theatre is you, you do it in front of thousands of people. So the effect of having a thousand pairs of eyes upon you can really affect the way you dance. And that's probably where you have to pay a lot of attention. You know, it, it can it can move you forward. It can move you back. It can be very destabilising. Now, I, I know that when you talk to actors and they say, oh, the house was very dreary tonight, you know. <laughs> and then other nights they say, the house was fantastic tonight. I, I wouldn't have thought that it would affect dance in the same way. But you're saying that the temperature of that audience will affect you. Oh, it does affect you if you pay attention. Now, the thing, the thing about a lot of dancers, they train in front of mirrors. So when you then walk away from the mirror and walk in front of people, it can have, a, it can have another kind of odd effect. So the dancers I like to work with, I'm, I'm always talking with them about their relationship with the audience and to actually see the audience and to recognise that the audience are looking at you. Even though they're on the dark, they are there, they are participating in this thing we call theatre, our dance theatre. Now, the, the show itself, a great title, but what does it contain? <laughs> it contains about 35 little stories uh, that come together to make this whole and, and I began to notice working when I was working with dancers like I've been working with professional dancers since I was 20 like I'm 54 now um, I began to notice that what stopped them dancing well wasn't necessarily always a technical thing it was often a thing to do with a story so when you start talking to them about why, what, what's going on today how are you feeling they'd say well you know what uh, when I was 14 this Russian teacher I had said this to me about this and now it just keeps coming up so I began to realise that their stories about their formation as professional dancers were fascinating, that they were making amazing theatre. So I began to think about my own stories and I had those two years off during the pandemic, you know, yeah. to, to write these things down. And um, So is this autobiographical, this show? Uh, it is and it isn't. Uh, like all good stories, they need a certain degree of exaggeration to make them a more... Um, 
uh, fun and more palatable. So I've exaggerated some, I've changed bits, I've added a, a character here and there. Mm. Now, now you've travelled the world with dance. I have, yeah. Um, so what are your your highlights and perhaps your lowlights of the, those world travels? I mean, were you on the floor at some stages? <laughs> were you exultant <laughs> at others? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, they happen in the oddest places. Like one of my highlights was in uh, Mullahorn, Jia'a Centre in Cavan, where we performed uh, recently uh, the show I made with Cormac Begley called Mom. And uh, we had performed it, you know, in, in Madrid, in Wiesbaden, London, uh, all over the world. But there was something about being in this hall, in this field, in the middle of winter, that where, where something just happened. Um, it was, that's, that's really exciting when something happens. The, the low points, are suppo- I suppose, are when you're where, uh, where you realised what you were wanting isn't really what you wanted. And in the theatre, you have you make these realisations in public spaces. So when you mess up, it's in front of an audience of a thousand people. And that can be painful to learn these lessons in, yeah. in such public now, ways. It's one thing on opening night where maybe the critics are there, although more and more, I believe, on Broadway, the critics might see a preview so that they can have the review ready for the morning after <laughs> yes. uh, opening night. But when you're on stage as a dancer, I mean, are you conscious that somebody in the audience might have seen you mess up? Because most people won't notice your tiny little technical screw up. No, abs- you absolutely feel like that. And when I go backstage after shows and talk to the dancers there, I, I will have, the, have had this amazing experience and the dancer will say, oh, but I've just missed that one little bit. And, you know, you, you know, you have a really heightened sense of everything when you're in the, in, in the light in front of people. Everything gets slightly elevated. So when you make a mistake, it, f- it can feel huge. Um, and is there not the temptation to say sometimes when we're put to the pin of our collar and there are, you know, news stories breaking and uh, all sorts of things happening and we'll, at the end of the show we'll say, and there would have been glitches here and there, we'd say, we got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that in dance. No, you, you, you can't. Go, well, sometimes the mistakes are, are the most exciting moment in the whole evening. It's when you're falling and you catch yourself or when you're suddenly find yourself in the wrong part of the stage with the wrong costume on. Something new and totally spontaneous starts to happen. And I think the audience recognise that or feel that and then that feels very alive. So, so sometimes the worst moments are the best moments and the best moments are actually quite dull. <laughs> yeah, you know that, that story about the, 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 the prop is missing um, so the, the man who's supposed to kill the other actor with the dagger, the dagger's missing and he's got to improvise. So he kicks the other actor in the arse and the actor, <laughs> understanding what's going on, he grabs his bottom and says, oh, the boot was poisoned. <laughs> it's an old, I may have you know, mistold that, but it's something along those lines. So what can people expect in the pavilion tomorrow night? What uh, is it a dance show? Is a, you know, is there music in it? Yeah, there's lots of music in it. So we have, we've, we've We've Talking Heads, we've uh, The Firebird by Igor Stravinsky, we have Men Without Hats, music from the 80s where I was dancing in discos on the north side of Dublin, um, and then a lot of classical music, um, Johann Strauss. Uh, but what's really the great thing about this show is th- there's a very, very good dancer in the show, and her name is Rochelle Poirier, and I, 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 I'm her partner. We've been together for 18 years, and she's the the finest dancer I've ever met in my entire life. So she dances this incredible solo to uh, Maurice Ravel's Bolero. uh, Ah. uh, And uh, 
it all comes together in that moment for me. Uh, it's really amazing. But she's competing with Torval and Dean, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, uh, yeah, it's funny. On, only people of a certain age have that reference. A lot of people you know, younger than 30 don't remember Torval and Dean, yeah. but I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's happening in the pavilion and it's only running until Sunday. And then I mentioned it is taking wings. Where is it going then? Well, we're going to St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn uh, for, for, two, for a two and a half week run in uh, October, November. And then the show has been invited to the Théâtre de la Ville in Paris uh, in December. So, yeah, it's, it's taking wings for sure. <laughs> well, it, it, it's going to be great. It's called How to Be a Dancer in 72,000 Easy Lessons and its creator, Michael Keegan Dolan. Michael, thank you very much for joining us in studio today. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.